Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and arrive at episode 477, where we're halfway out of the dark. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Happy solstice, guys. Yeah. Happy solstice and happy Dalek day. Yeah, that too. It's odd. It's almost as if we planned recording this tonight. (laughs) Would have been even (laughs) better. Serendipity. Would have been even better if we could have got it out on Dalek day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I believe in you, Glenn. I have faith. (laughs) (laughs) That's a... That's that's a quick turnaround. (laughs) Come on. Keith and I are doing our part, man. (laughs) Yeah. Make it so there's so little editing. (laughs) It's going to be a perfect show. You won't have a thing to cut out. Right, right. I really want to swear now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. It's been a weird week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did you guys do anything fun this week? We were just discussing. We had uh, had Shai's non- involved yet still kind of involved birthday party um which uh, basically amounted to setting up a a chair with some balloons and a table in the driveway and then uh hoping that people would drive by and honk and wave at her (laughs) that's how we're handling the social distancing aspect of it and we had some people show up so that was uh that was fun and we ate cake and played with her new paint sets i think she uh she is set if she decides to become the next um van gogh she is she is well set for that i think and if not i'll steal it and use it myself because i've been i've been dabbling (laughs) nice did you watch anything Uh, i i did watch the lego star wars holiday special Mm, so did i i did too you did oh we did well what what did we all think um it was cute it was it was cute that's about all i can say for it um no, I mean, I, I really wanted it to be something like laugh out loud hilarious, but it just is it. It just struck me as they were tr- taking themselves too seriously. that I think they could have been a little more silly with it. Um, I, I think they were trying to make a heartfelt story out of something that didn't need to be a heartfelt story. You know, they were trying to give it that Christmas holiday special charm, but they were also trying to make it a kind of farcical comedy. And it somehow just, they couldn't get the formula to meld for me. So it was cute. I liked a lot of the little fan service nods, but there were some deep cut jokes. There there. were some deep cut jokes. (laughs) You, You had to do your homework if you wanted to get all of them. But I don't, I don't think it's something that I would probably watch again. Yeah, I I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I did laugh out loud really hard twice. Mm-hmm. Um, once with McClunky. Because <laughs> I can't believe they went there. <laughs> um, and I don't remember now what the other one was. But uh, yeah, the rest of it was just kind of there. I was like, man, eh, all right. I enjoyed the Emperor in it. I thought he was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Does anybody know, was that Seth MacFarlane? Yeah, I was going to say it was, it was very much in the vein of Robot Chicken Emperor. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why I liked him. <laughs> it didn't really sound like Seth, but the, the, the style, yeah. I think, was, was there. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very Robot Chicken. And we watched Fat Man. We did not watch Fat that Man? one. We, we didn't watch this one with Shy. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it's a movie that I had not heard of. Apparently released this year. Yep. It's a small kind of independent production company, but it's uh, Mel Gibson playing Santa Claus. 
and huh. a very rich, affluential brat, and I use that term as the nicest way that you can describe this guy, uh, kid. Um, he, he, he is a, just a loathsome individual, and you know, he gets coal. So he hires a hitman to go take out Santa. <laughs> wow. It is as ridiculous as that description sounds. <laughs> what was weird is the way they did it, it was a very, very slow burn. It, it kind of had this real methodical ramp up uh, to an almost high noon Western shootout kind of feel uh, at the end. And, and it was over and I went, what a weird little movie. I think I kind of liked it. <laughs> like I went in expecting not to, but that was, that was a little bit. All right. I saw the uh, uh, trailer for it. And I thought, eh, it didn't really look like something I would enjoy, but maybe. Yeah. I guess it's, 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 it's not, it's not as bonkers as you would think, you know, that the, they don't go that direction with it. It's a very, very grounded movie, and in a lot of ways, that makes it work so much better because you buy into it a lot easier. But uh, I, I made the comment to Mel afterwards: "Is like, isn't it kind of what? What does it say about us that two of our childhood action heroes have now played Santa Claus? <laughs> Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson. So, right? Yeah. Speaking of Kurt Russell, we finally got around to watching the first Christmas Chronicles. Oh." What do you think? It's fun. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't what I expected. Uh, a lot different than I expected, but I really kind of like uh, Kurt Russell's take on uh, Santa Claus. It was a lot of fun. Any fun? Yeah. Hi, Marks. We're going to probably watch the second one tomorrow night. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think you're going to like the second one better. Oh, cool. Or at least as much. Or at least as much. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Keith? Uh, other than the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, I've finished reading queen's peril mm -hmm. the prequel padme book and really liked it it was surprisingly good you did like it huh? i did one thing i was good about it was about halfway through it crosses the threshold into phantom menace and so it's kind of different perspectives of what's going on on naboo throughout that which i thought was really well done and there wasn't an unnecessarily romance with Padme or anything like that. It was just kind of a pretty straightforward story, but it just worked really well throughout all of it. I liked it a lot. It's, I, I would are, recommend it. It was good. Are these books um, legends or new canon? No, these are new canon. New canon. New canon. All right. Well, should we move on to news? We begin our news with some very sad news. Beloved actor Jeremy Bullock has passed away yeah. at the age of 75. If you don't recognize the name, he appeared in two different stories in Doctor Who. One in the Space Museum, where he played Tor, one of the Xenon Xeron rebels. And then he returned to play Hal the Archer in the Time Warrior. Okay, now, hang on a second. <laughs> I know we're a Doctor Who podcast, but you started it out with, if you don't know the, the name, Space and then Museum. you gave these two little roles that he's probably not known for, and just... Passed but over on this podcast, the one who, that he probably is most known for. Dude, everybody, everybody knows how Archer. <laughs> we've had him on the podcast to discuss these two roles. What That's do you true. want? We did. We picked all towards Boba Fett, you know. Yeah. His claim to fame is he was Boba Fett in yes. the uh, original trilogy. He was the original Boba Fett. Not the voice, just the actor in the suit. Just the actor in the suit. Still very sad. He uh, had been suffering from Parkinson's, so yeah. sounds like he passed away peacefully in his sleep. 
Well, thoughts, prayers, and meditations go out to his family and friends and all those people that are missing him tonight. It's a tough time of year. What else do you have? A couple of bit of Christopher Eccleston news. So he a has couple? started fi- a couple bits. So he <laughs> he has started recording or has finished recording. I'm not sure how quickly they're doing it. His big finish audios uh, that he has been doing, and he hopped on a radio show on ITV's Loran, um, or Lorraine. I'm not sure how that's pronounced uh, to kind of promote it. And she had asked a question previously about if he was open to coming back to the TV series, but apparently was kind of skirting asking the question. And his direct quote was, I know what you're getting at, Lorraine, but only when hell freezes over, as the Eagles once said. That's rather definitive, I should think. Yep. So I don't, it looks like he I, does not want to return. I completely disagree with you because the Eagles said that they would get back together when hell freezes over. And then in the nineteen late 1990s, they got together again and recorded their album, Hell Freezes, Hell Freezes Over. Over. <laughs> so I think he might have been telegraphing that he would maybe one day be open to coming back. That's but, the way, oh, I, yeah, that's the way I take it. By, Over. by using, by using the uh, uh, Eagles uh, metaphor, I sort of think that he was alluding to the fact that there was a chance. That- yeah, the next day he did a big finished podcast saying how much he enjoyed playing the uh, Ninth Doctor and how he's such a joy to always play. Sounds like he's going back and forth on yeah. <laughs> his feelings about the role. He he said it was, uh, also said it was pretty easy. It's like getting into an old pair of shoes. So Yeah. And as an actor who, he's obviously somebody who likes to do new things and likes new challenges. I can understand why he wouldn't necessarily want to come back to it on TV, but would on audio because it's also a little less work. That's all the news I had. All right. Well, let's move on to our review, our re-review. Our re-review of A Christmas Carol. Skies of this entire world are mine. My family tamed them and now I own There are 4,003 people in a spaceship trapped in your cloud belt. Without your help, they're going to die. You don't have to let that happen. I know, but I'm going to. Whatever happens to my remember, you brought it on yourself. Was that a sort of threaty thing? We're only asking for one day. Just let her out for Christmas. Nobody has to die. Everybody has to die. Not tonight. Not as good as any other night. Who are you? Tonight, I'm a ghost of Christmas past. I don't have a big enough bump, bump, bump. <laughs> so no one's changed their opinion of this episode in uh, the rewatch? not really. I, I put it on while we were wrapping presents, and uh, I figured it would be easy enough to divert my attention and have it on. It's familiar. I've seen it, I don't know how many times now. Um, and, you know, it would be fun to, to, to just rewatch it because it's one we enjoy and, you know, had homework to do, as it were, for this. So I put it on. And the first five minutes, maybe, I'm rapping, and I'm looking up, and I'm laughing at Matt Smith, and I'm back to rapping. And as soon as he got down the chimney, that was it. That was that was just all she wrote. It didn't matter at that point anymore that there were things piling up that needed to be done. <laughs> I sat and watched A Christmas Girl. 
and and just fell right back in love with it. I was just enraptured and taken away and marveling at how well written it is, at, at how tightly plotted, at how everything works, at the magic, at the the fairy tale aspects of it. I was reminded all over again of why this is such a high watermark and probably will continue to be a high watermark for Doctor Who and for Doctor Who holiday specials in particular. Yeah, everything about it. And even Mel, when I put it on and it started and Amy and Rory are on the ship and it's getting ready to crash and she's kind of got that, well, it must be a Christmas special look about her because usually when I put Doctor Who on, it's like, oh, you got homework or something? But since it was Christmas time, she kind of knew, I think this is a this is where I was going with it. <laughs> and then as soon as... She's like, he, and Rory's going, he's, does this mean he's coming or he's not coming? And the beeping, and then the TARDIS shows up and come along pond. And Mel goes, oh, this is that one I like so much. <laughs> it kind of cements it, you know? It's like, but this is the one. <laughs> yeah, this is one that I have rewatched uh, probably the most. So I'm so very intimately familiar with it. And I always, every time I sit down to watch it, I've, I've tried wrapping presents to it. I've done a variety of things and always wind up watching more of it than doing whatever else I'm doing because it always just catch, catches my my attention so much. And this time was no different. It's just as good every time I watch it. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird going back and re-reviewing something that we did. I mean, uh, for the listeners, we're, we're, we're reviewing this because this was our very first show and kind of revisiting this to see what we think coming back to it you know so many years later but i'm kind of with you guys i i watch it so frequently i just know it well enough that that it i don't think i have anything very i mean i could i couldn't i suppose if i started really digging around i could pick it apart a little bit but it just it's such an enjoyable story i think for being moffat's first christmas special he nails the fairy tale aspect that he was really kind of you know, going for for most of those those series that he was um, showrunner for, um, it really does have a Christmassy feel. Uh, it's very Dickinson. It's very you know, uh, it parallels I think the Christmas story uh, well enough to be familiar as a parallel, but it's different enough that you know it it also is its own thing. Um, but yeah, I just I really enjoy it. I've never tried to put it. I, of course, I don't typically do it with this with Doctor Who unless it's the classic series and I've got it on on Pluto or or in the background for some other reason. But I typically when I watch Doctor Who, I sit down and watch it. So I don't. I have never tested to see how drawn on in I would be if I were trying to do something <laughs> else. So I can't speak to that myself. But I just I, I really like the special. To me, it's on the near the top of the list of of all of the Christmas specials that are out there. I think one of the things that's a little odd to to really kind of it, when you when you look at it, as you said, this is one that we've all watched multiple times. Now we would do that because it's Doctor Who, and yet we don't necessarily do that with this one because it's Doctor Who. We do that with this one because it's a Christmas special. Can you ever in your life imagine a time? When Christmas would come up and you've got your go-tos, you've got Charlie Brown Christmas, you've got, uh, you know, Home Alone, you've got Die Hard, if you're in that camp, you know, you, you, you've got your, this is an annual watch. I got to pull this off the shelf and, and, and watch this one. Ever would you have thought there was an episode of Doctor Who that would have popped into that list? Yeah, right. I, that, that to me is just mind boggling, let alone that we will soon have what, 12 are we up to that number now? 
I mean, if we include all of them. <laughs> all the festive specials. <laughs> all, all the festive. <laughs> I'd see, you know, it's, but, it's, it's interesting that you say that. This is not a go-to for Christmas for me. This is one that I'll watch anytime during the year, usually. It, this is a go-to for me if I want a lighthearted Doctor Who or, or go to one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes throughout the year. So this is, to me, this particular story, interestingly enough, is not a, this is in my, I may have watched it at Christmas from time to time, but this isn't one of my go-tos at Christmas. This really? year, Yeah, this year it just happens to be because we were re- reviewing it. But this is one that I'll watch, you know, throughout the year at any time. Just I'll, if the mood, you know, strikes me and I'll go, okay, I want a Doctor Who episode. Oh, here's a fun one. I'm, I'm going to watch Christmas Christmas Carol. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting from that perspective. I didn't think about it that way, but it really is just something I watch throughout the year. It's not really something that I, I associate with Christmas because it is a Christmas special. But as far as just, you know, casual viewing of it, it's not something I particularly pop in at Christmas. I just kind of pop it in when I feel like watching it other times during the year. What about you, Keith? Is it is it one that it's an annual or I, I tend to keep it at Christmas time unless I'm doing a big rewatch. So if I'm doing a one off random episode, I'll probably choose a different one from season five or six or go back to Trouton's era for something like that. But yeah, if it's Christmas time, I'm definitely gonna want to watch a Christmas Carol over any other Christmas special. I wonder for me maybe it, it, it comes from the, the years in retail that <laughs> You want to talk the war on Christmas. It's fought in the trenches of the retail stores of America. Um, I spent so much time being very angry and jaded and not happy at Christmas because it just meant work. It meant more hours in the store. It meant angry people and all, all the stuff that jingle all the way kind of puts forth as humorous. And I'm siding with, <laughs> I'm just kind of siding with Sinbad <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it was like, nah, man, that's that's exactly how it is. And so, I mean, it just got to the point where I didn't want to hear the music. I didn't want to watch the movie. And, you know, of course, it's not just, oh, yeah, we watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation every year. Yeah, well, I saw it 17 times this week because it was on. It was just, you know, it's expected that you go into a video store and there these things are. So in an effort to get away from the negativity of that. I, I really started trying to branch out and, and and find alternative Christmas movies, things that I could still watch and still be festive, if not those. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I really latched on to these, you know, Doctor Who in general, but this one in particular, is because suddenly these were things that were holiday. It was Christmas. It was, yo, yeah, we could watch Doctor Who. Two birds, one stone. It's Christmas. And it's Doctor Who. I'm happy either way. All right. <laughs> so it, it just kind of got to that point. And I think maybe that's why they've become so entrenched in my holiday schedule. Well, it's I, just like, yeah, I think that's pop one of those in. I, I acknowledge that's certainly true for a lot of people. I think a lot of Doctor Who fans that they, they go to the Christmas specials at Christmas time and that's their Christmas holiday films. Um, for me, got so, I lo- my love of Christmas is so great that I have so many films that I try to get in that that one kind of goes by the wayside because to me it's doctor who and i can watch it anytime well you're not someone adverse to christmas right right april yeah right (laughs) that's true that's true 
I only, not to put too fine a point uh, on it. I only spent a few years in retail, so I didn't get as, as jaded and soured. But yeah, I, I think that might have something to do with it. But it's just it's become such a joy, and I, I, I'm I'm very happy to report that after five years out of it, that I I, I don't have those feelings anymore. That I've kind of warmed back up, and I, I look forward to the season well, again. And it also probably helps to have little ones in the house too. That always brings the magic of Christmas out. Yeah, having having shy around has definitely been part of it. She's she's been very Santa curious this year so that that's been a lot of fun as well but yeah no i just i, I think that and of course it, you know blew my mind when i don't remember when we discussed it at one point in time in the past and glenn said oh yeah unquiet dead is totally a christmas movie and just because it didn't happen you know it wasn't released at christmas time i had kind of discounted that one and all of a sudden when he said that it was it was like jolly old saint nick kicking open the door of my brain going <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's what you could put in your rotation, Sean. So there's there's one more. All right. But of all of them, if there was ever any discussion, eh, you know, which one do you want to watch? This one's at the top of my list because it is that good. It evokes all those feelings and all that uh, emotion and goodwill. And, um, you know, I may have gotten teary again. <laughs> certain singing songs uh, scenes you know well and i think some of it is for some people the story of a christmas carol is just ingrained within our christmas tradition and for other people it's not as much and i i think probably for the three of us it is so well ingrained that that's also why this tops the list so much is because it is so invocative of the actual christmas carol story i mean there's mm -hmm. parallels all over the place and it's basically a, re a doctor who recreation of it and you know, for me, my other go-to Christmas movie is Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm. I mean, so it's it's just one of those things where Christmas Carol is a part of Christmas time, even yeah. though there's no Santa. There's no, yeah, it's it's set at Christmas and it's teaching you the the spirit of the holiday. But other than that, I mean, there's not the usual trappings you would find at Christmas in a Christmas movie, right? And it's the same thing here. It's if you if you take a perspective back. Other than, you know, they're talking about the spirit of Christmas and, you know, being kind and then having it being set at Christmas. A lot of the other content that some people would go and look at wouldn't necessarily think of it as Christmassy if they're not familiar with a Christmas carol. Very, very true. And it's funny because we talked about um, Mel and I also watched uh, uh, the um, Patrick Stewart version of a Christmas carol. Um this year for uh, a flex for friends request. And I'd never actually seen that one. And, um, like you, Keith, I, I think probably my, my favorite is going to be Mickey's Christmas Carol, but the Muppet Christmas Carol is probably a very close second. Um, but because of Christmas Carol, the story has been done so many different times in so many different ways. A lot of times you find people that are actively trying to, well, how can we do this, but do it differently? How can we yeah. put a fresh spin on it as opposed to just replacing the characters with Muppets or, you know, what, what is the hook of this particular one? And when you look at Scrooge and you look at, uh, you know, just the, there's so many, I mean, heck, it's a wonderful life has elements of it when you, when you really kind of boil it down. Um, and so there's so many of them out there that kind of fall along the same lines. And yet this is one that while I may only watch one or two versions of A Christmas Carol every year, again, so that I don't get burned out on it. This is always one that I could throw in and still be okay with. 
even if I'd already watched it. I think that's because, the large part of it because it is well, it is different enough. You're not watching the same exact story, mm-hmm. unlike you know where the Muppets are just replaced by the characters. I mean, there there's enough variations on the story where it stays true to the message, but veers off enough that it it makes itself unique. And something else is, I know we talked about what a great actor Michael Gambon is, but I, I as soon as he spoke. It was almost like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in this. <laughs> and then I was riveted to every single thing he said and did and just couldn't look away. Um, it might be Matt Smith's finest hour as the doctor. I, yeah, I, 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 mean, it's, I he, can't disagree. The, 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 the levity with which he delivers some of the lines and the still constant haunted look of sorrow that hangs over him i mean it just it's really interesting going back and watching this now and kind of knowing where things are going to wind up because there's <laughs> there's so much more emotional baggage that you yeah. can very easily <laughs> transport on and go uh-huh but it yeah it's just it's just great it is so great and the way they work the story into you know i'm the ghost of christmas present and you get amy in the hologram and the the, the very she just it's just genius the way this is written and so then you begin to wonder, okay, Christmas future, how are you going to do that? Because he's set, you know, you're going to show me that I'm an old man and I, you know, yeah. I die alone. He's, we all do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and you're, you're like, well, yeah, how are you going to do that? And then the reveal, it's like, oh, and it's still emotional. It's yeah. still just right there. I couldn't, I could not get over. And it, it happens to me every time. I don't know why I'm shocked at this point, <laughs> but I could not get over how easily sucked back into this. I was, right, right. it's just a joy. It is a sheer joy to watch this. Well, and it, it, there's something to be said for it. When I look, I tried to watch it with a critical eye and the only things I could come away with were very small nitpicks that were like, really, that, that's, if if you're paying attention to that part of the story, you're missing the whole point of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel in some ways we may have done Keith a disservice. You showed me the best. Well, uh, you know, how, how, how could you not be hooked? <laughs> <laughs> how, how could you not immediately go? Yes. More of that, please. Maybe okay. we, maybe we did find the definitive new who story to start somebody on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all those people that are asking, where do you start in the run? Well, <laughs> if you don't want to go eleventh hour, here you go. You could you could do far worse than a Christmas Carol, right? It's funny to think back. This was, I mean, my God, was this ten years ago? I mean, really, but it was. It was. It's funny to think that we've been doing this for ten years. Seems like twenty. No. No, they change the more they stay the same. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) You're you you are absolutely not kidding. But I also know that you're 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 not you're not being mean spirited about it (laughs) because it, it 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 does in a weird way. I, you, we, we said this was coming up and we, I thought to myself, we can't possibly have been doing this show for 10 years. And my next thought was, has it only been 10? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the dangers of hanging out in the temporal vortex, I guess. Right. Well, then we discovered last week, I think for the first time for any of us that, uh, there were more adventures with, uh, Kazran Sardic, which brings us to our next review. The top of the tree. 
On one of their annual jaunts, young Kazran Sardik and the Doctor find themselves in trouble when the TARDIS is tangled in the branches of a very strange, very large tree. They emerge into a habitat where a myriad species fight for survival, an ecosystem of deadly flora and fauna, along with a tribe of primitive humans. This is a mystery which can only be solved by climbing, but what will they find at the top of the tree? I'm trying to decide how big to go. I think it's a bump, bump, bump. I think it's a, not, not an over the top, but a definitive bump, bump, bump. That's the kind of thing where I'm going to come down on that. There's elements of it that are really, really good. I think what mm-hmm. I what I one of the things I really like is it is a unique and an original story. It utilizes some classic tropes, but it it for the most part is a very unique idea. The setting is very unique. The um pro- prog- the uh, progress of the story is very unique. Um I think it does cheat a little bit at the end. And I think that the revelation at the end is a little heavy-handed. But overall, it's got a lot of neat, intriguing ideas to it. Um, I absolutely am in love with um, Jacob Dudman doing the voice of the 11th Doctor. And in fact, so much so that I went on with the 11th Doctor Chronicles <laughs> and have, have, have read, have, I don't know, I read, uh, had listened to the, the other three of these as well. So oh, wow. uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tip my hand on those. We'll, we'll get to those eventually, but I, I just thoroughly enjoying him as the 11th or portraying the 11th Doctor in the way that he does. It's so well done. And it was neat to get Danny Horn back as uh, uh, Kazrin. I like the perspective of this is a, and I think you could do this, although looking back on A Christmas Carol and knowing there were only nine ticks on Abigail's counter, there must have only been eight visits with her, not including the last one, which was a Christmas Day one. So I don't know that you could do too much with this, except for it is done where they have either, I can't remember how it's referred to, whether they hadn't included abigail yet or they it was after they had dropped i can't remember how they how they they omitted abigail from this particular story but i I mean you with doctor who they're very clever and can do this anyway but putting you know putting it in those adventures that they had on those christmases for those many years i think was a clever clever way of framing this yeah i agree i was kind of wasn't quite sure how they were going to make it work and i was pleasantly surprised that they did it the way they did i kind of agree with you about the the end reveal and then afterwards going to watch christmas carol i'm not entirely sure it makes a whole lot of sense that these people are kazran's ancestors when you know they supposedly crashed into this tree de-evolved and then re-evolved forward back when they landed on the planet that kind of just it it takes a lot of large leaps to get there for me um but other than that i thought it was really well done the the performances were fantastic the ideas of it were really cool of these people living in a giant tree floating through space uh with this stuff that's coming up and kind of taking people over or you know this this slime basically feeding on them (laughs) yeah yeah and all the different uh insects and stuff all of that was really really cool um 
and then even the you know kind of while it was a fairly quick resolution the resolution of the doctor diving into the stuff to go get the TARDIS and then go rescue uh, everybody while it was quick and easy and why didn't he just do that in the first place yeah right it was still satisfying at the same time so so I was kind of torn on that part well and, and I think more of the cheat is doing that and then taking his time to go to the sisters of the infinite schism in order to heal first <laughs> and then Months coming later. back. Yeah. Then coming back. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, it, which is very much in the vein of what he was doing in the Christmas Carol, where he would pop off from, you know, Kaz, Kazran's present, uh, time and go off and have, you know, be able, especially when he comes back to get the, um, code for the vault, I mean, mm-hmm. those little those little cheaty moments. This one was one of those kind of felt like one of those kind of things. Well, and you know, as we, I think we've kind of, I don't want to say complained, but we've certainly mentioned it before um, when it's happened that they, they're, you know, the fourth doctor or the eighth doctor, the eighth doctor. My goodness, I cannot talk. Matt Smith's doctor, eleven. <laughs> Counting's hard. Um, that he goes <laughs> off and you know would have these other adventures. Um, when Amy and Rory and we would kind of get the reveal that, oh, they've been on Earth living their life for a couple months or whatnot, and then they would be gone for a while, but then come back to, you know, where they left off. And that idea of that, and it really makes it so plausible for Big Finish to be able to step in. And unlike certain doctors who were kind of landlocked into a, (laughs) how are we going to do that? Well, we've got one window here, so let's right. just sandwich everything right. into that. Versus with Matt Smith's doctor, who you know, realistically, he was doctor. always running around. Did I say eighth again? No, no, I was saying ninth doctor. We have this one little window where we can squeeze it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Or fifth doctor Perry. <laughs> yeah, right. Although they've done a good job of of. They that. have the small little window for the fifth doctor and Nessa yes. <laughs> to be yeah. by themselves. <laughs> Well, and uh, even smaller window for um, the fifth doctor in Turlo. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, down the road, somebody comes up and says, well, what do you want to do? I want to introduce a brand new companion for the 11th doctor. Okay, no problem. We, we, we can give you 16 seasons of that. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It, it, it wasn't uncommon for him to be on four or five different adventures at the same time. I mean, when you think about it, that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's gotten involved with the ecosystem of this tree and this whole thing while on a side mission with, with Kazran, which is part of a larger mission to save Amy and Rory in a plummeting <laughs> spaceship. Well, not to mention that he goes off on another, it's not really a mission, but he goes off to get healed at that one point too, which is yeah. another, you know, outside location. And knowing the doctor, he couldn't just go and... and, and and he couldn't just go and have a lion. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like the Scooby-Goo gang. Oh, we're going to go to my uncle's mansion on the hill. I bet it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Show me haunted. Ding. Hey, number one. I mean, it's just, that's kind of what happens to him. So, yeah, yeah. and, and, and all of the many adventures within the Christmases themselves, within the Christmas Eve's, you know, oh, we're going to go to this party yeah. in Hollywood. Oh, I just got married. Right. Right. <laughs> So then he probably took Marilyn on a joyride in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You want to write you, the definitive timeline of Doctor Who, you're going to have a nightmare getting to the 11th Doctor. <laughs> He's almost the ADD Doctor. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what else about this story? I felt it was a little reminiscent of the, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but the uh, Fourth Doctor and Romana uh, one that we listened to that was set in a, uh, a giant tree. I don't remember that one at all. I, 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 it, um, I think it was part of the... The, that box set of the 50th anniversary year. Maybe not. Maybe it was a different. There, there was one in there that involved a giant tree, um, but it was different enough that it, I didn't feel like it was treading on any, you know, similar themes or, or, or hollow ground, as it were. I just say it's such a fascinating concept, the science behind this, that the tree is massive enough that it could have its own gravity and atmosphere and that the ecosystem could still work as long as it was orientated toward this. Like, yeah, I'll buy that. Why not? The people in it, for some reason, evoked time machine uh, for me, for some reason. The Eloy or the Morlocks? <laughs> the, the Eloy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why, but that just what that's the first thing that popped in my head and it just kind of stuck with me throughout all, listening to all of it. I could buy that. They're a little, uh, a little primitive. Yeah, maybe that's that, that aspect of it. Because they certainly come across as more primitive than, say, you know, Leela and the Seven Team. Oh yeah, I mean they don't even have language, <laughs> or you know, words. I, I, I'm with Glenn. I, the guy playing Eleven did such a. It was so easy to listen to him and fall back into it, and the rhythm of his, uh, his cadence and and speech patterns, and how he would start to explain something and then speed up real quick because he was getting excited about it. And then there were other times where he was being a little morose. And uh, so it's going to be like that, is it? And he would slow down to the point where it was just like, yeah, man, he just nailed it. And I can't believe it's the same guy that does the 10th Doctor that we just listened to. Right. Because <laughs> it's not. I mean, there there are certain actors that when they do a voice, you can you can still hear the actor. Yeah. And this I didn't. I, you know... As doctor, I heard him. When I did the eleventh doctor, I heard him. Well, you know what's funny when I listen to the behind the scenes features when he's talking with his normal voice, I do hear more eleven in his natural voice. He said in that same interview that it's easier to get into Matt's voice than it is in David's voice. Yeah. Anything else about these two stories that you guys want to touch on before we finish up? This one wasn't overly Christmassy. No, obviously. <laughs> no, no, no. We just we, we just have to take it for the fact that it take place during the one that we were reviewing for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. uh, other than top of the tree. <laughs> well, when we talked about doing this last week, and we discovered this, and I saw top of the tree, I thought, oh, well, I wonder what this is about. I so I expected you know Christmas trees and things like that. Yeah, so did it I. Anymore, anywhere close to that? Well, there was a tree. <laughs> there was a star at the top of it. Good point. Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Uh, oh, goodness. Coming up next on the schedule, uh, we finally are <laughs> getting around to uh, the Eagle Moss Hero Collector short stories, uh, The Last Message, which was uh, packaged with Dalek Emperor and Dalek Drone, and Mission to the Known, which was packaged with... Uh, Dalek Commander and Dalek Scientist, along with another Big Finish audio, Mutually Assured Destruction. And this continues in our Time Lord Victorious, so we're jumping back over to that track. Uh, followed by Brett New Year's 
It's back. Revolution of the Daleks. The show one is day right only. back on. <laughs> one day, one day only. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Although it's not. Oh, wait. Not. <laughs> Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> hey, side note. Have they uh, Have they said, are there places that this is uh, going to be day and date streaming other than BBC America? I had somebody ask me and I forgot to check into that. So I figure I'll ask you guys real quick while we're here. No, not streaming. You could probably buy Day After on Apple's and uh, all those other places, but they're usually, they drop the Day After, so. Gotcha, okay. I wonder how long it'll take to get to HBO Max. Oh, probably not long, probably a month or so. Well, they might wait until the DVD comes out, or DVD and Blu-ray come out, which will be probably right after the first of the February-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine they'll wait until they get some sales out of the dvd well i don't know hbo max has got everything else now so (laughs) (laughs) and updates are on the website our ever-changing um schedule um which if you're not following along with the schedule updates you should they're a story in themselves and that's all i'll say they're a lot of fun uh be sure to check out the website travelvortex.com for those updates if you get any value out of this podcast why not consider putting some value back into it clicking on that patreon link right there on that web page consider supporting us thanks to those that already do also consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you join in our conversations on our listeners forum on facebook Jamie wants to hear from you, so he's putting out a lot of good topics. A lot of good topics, so if we can get some responses, we would love it. Anything else we need to do before we close this show out? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. No, I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing ya. And thanks for listening for 10 years. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.